0: It's Allie Burks, the worship leader for the local church, and you're listening to the Sunday Sermon Podcast, featuring sermons from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold and inclusive faith community based out of Chatham County, North Carolina, committed to being with and for one another, our community, and our world. In this time of social distancing, we continue to gather virtually for the work of worship every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. over Facebook Live and YouTube. So wherever you find yourself, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, you have a place at the local church and
1: we'd love for you to join us. Good morning, local church. Today, the scripture is from Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, Ten men with skin diseases approached him. Keeping their distance from him, they raised their voice and said, Jesus, Master, show us mercy. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. As they left, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, returned and praised God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus replied, weren't ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? No one returned to praise God except this foreigner. Then Jesus said to him, get up and go. Your faith has healed you.
0: Will you join me in this response to the scripture this morning and singing the doxology? We're-
2: Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? It's great to see uh, so many comments coming through. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. My name is Brent. I'm the pastor of the local church. What a gift it is to be together uh, at this common time for a common purpose, to gather, to worship, and to, uh, to see as best we can what God is up to in the world and to share about it. That's why we're here. That's why we do this each and every week. And we give God thanks for you. We haven't done a uh, two word check-in in in a while. And so um, let's do that. Love to know how you are. If you are, um, if you're gathering, whether you're watching live, participating live, or whether you are uh, uh, watching later, participating later on demand, drop your two word check-in in in the comments so that uh, we can know how you are, engage how we're all doing as a community. Uh, it is good to have you here. We hope and we pray uh, that that what we do together inspires you, gives your life a little bit of meaning and purpose, and helps you come to a fully un- fuller understanding of who God is, who we are, and who God is calling us to be. We say this every week. We mean this every week. Um, Just beachy, Adam says. Yeah, you're at the beach right now. Good for you. Good for you. Um, We're we're, we're happy for you, Adam uh, and the Lawlers. I hope it's a great time. But uh, we say this every week. We mean this every week. And that is that uh, we are more whole with you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, wherever you find yourself. You have a place at the local church. You belong here. And we are more whole with you. We give God thanks for your presence among us. Thanks be to God for you. Uh, Just I want to lift up a couple of celebrations. Uh, The Lawlers at the beach. We celebrate time away and vacation. Uh, love to see the two-word check-ins coming in. Uh, we had a couple birthdays this week. Uh, Lauren Frady had a birthday. Happy birthday. Nancy Jenkins had a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Nancy. We hope that, uh, that it was uh, uh, just such a day full of joy and celebration for each of you. We give God thanks that you were born. Uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say that. And uh, I saw that Nancy Honeywell celebrated a, an anniversary yesterday, so happy anniversary to you all as well. We've got some birthdays coming up this week too. Uh, Stacia Cooper, Don Wallum, both have birthdays. And if, anybody, if I'm missing anybody, just uh, let us know in the comments so that we can celebrate with you. And uh, as Paul invites us to do, rejoice with those who rejoice. We're glad that you're here, friends. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God in whom we live and move and have our being, thank you for binding us, for uniting us across time and space at this common time for a common purpose. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to see, to experience anew your grace, your power at work in the world. To bring healing, to bring mending, to bring restoration and wholeness. And when we see it, oh God, empower us and equip us by your spirit to tell about it, to not keep it to ourselves, but to share it with this world, that we may, greater, uh, we may come to a greater and more fuller place of hope, of love, and grace for all. I pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I failed to mention also, uh, I want to echo what Ali said, and that is, uh, if there is anything Along the way, that um, that jumps out to you, that sticks with you, that resonates. Hit the like, hit the share button. Invite others to experience what God is doing too. Um, it helps keep this movement alive. And uh, and and gosh, if you uh, if you were just scrolling through this morning, or if your parents uh, are making you watch, or you have a standing 9:30 appointment every week to join us, um, just want to say thanks. Thanks for being here. We don't take your presence. For granted, It means a lot to me, to Allie, and uh, to this community as well. So last thing I'll say about that, and then uh, we'll begin. It is uh, it is the, the fifth week of our summer Choose Your Own Adventure sermon series that we are calling Are We There Yet? It's a riff on uh, the summer road trip because it is the season. I know for some of you, your summer plans have been disrupted or postponed. And so we thought that it would be fun to take a road trip of our own this summer. And uh, so here we are, all piled into the party bus, and uh, our trip together actually has a destination. And that destination is God's dream, the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We've named again and again throughout this series that 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 is where we're headed, God's dream, all of us, that uh, we're headed toward God's dream for us, and for all of creation, the kingdom of God fully here. And, and that's a reality in which every belly is full. Every person finds belonging. There's no more violence, no more death, no more bigotry or racism or injustice. It's just all justice. It's all blessing. It's all peace. It's all whole. That's where we're headed. And so in this big party bus that we find ourselves in, like the Muppets uh, is how I envision it, um, we're, we're tasked each week with figuring out together how we get there. That's what we've been talking about. We know that we're headed toward God's dream, but we're asking, how do we get there? Reminds me of a quotation by poet Antonio Machado that Irene Wells sent me this week. St. Irene is how I now call her, uh, is what I call her. St. Irene, Irene Wells. Uh, she sent me this uh, this quote, um, Wanderer, there is no path. The path is made by walking. Wanderer, there is no path. The path is made by walking. I love that. It's similar to the words of activist and author Mia Birdsong uh, over here, um, whose words have sort of inspired this series, and she writes, we get to the future we want by practicing it. And so we've been talking about this future and these practices we need to help make that future real, to help make God's dream a reality. Wherever you find yourself this morning, in Briar Chapel, in Governor's Club, in the Preserve, in Pittsboro, in Sanford, Chapel Hill, Carborough, Smith Mountain Lake, Richmond, Navarre Beach... Tell us where you are, if you haven't already. Um, But wherever you are, we're thinking about the ways that God's dream might come true where you are, where you are. So far, we've talked about connection and listening. Last week, William brought the good word and talked about holy boldness and, uh, and resistance. But this week, this week, we're talking about grace, talking about grace. What do you think of when you hear the word grace? Is there a word or an image or a song or a poem that comes to mind? Put it in the comments for us. We'd love to share in that with you. What do you think of when you hear the word grace? I was talking with a pastor friend this week about grace, and she recounted something one of her her mentors had said about grace. She said, when you think about God's grace, think about God's power. When you think about God's grace, think about God's power. God's grace, God's power. God's grace, God's power. And I love that, God's grace is God's power at work. It's more than just something we say before a meal, right? God's grace is God's power at work in your life and in my life and in the whole world. If you're the sort of person who likes to write things down during a sermon, write that down. That's that's one thing to write down. God's grace is God's power at work in your life, in my life and in the world. And this brings us to the scripture for this morning that Susan read. It's the story of Jesus and the 10 lepers. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and he enters a village and these 10 people with skin diseases approach him and they say, Jesus, have mercy on us. And they could have been asking for money or food, or maybe they had heard about Jesus before and they know that he's able to offer more than just money or food, we're not quite sure. But as Luke tells it, Jesus sees them and says, go show yourselves to the priests. That's because when you lived with leprosy, you were considered unclean, and the priests were the ones who could declare that they had actually been cleansed, could be restored then to community. And so they do as Jesus says, and they turn and they go on their way. But then one of the 10 sees that he has been healed, and he stops and he pivots. He turns around and heads back toward Jesus. The other nine keep on going, but one stops and turns around Having noticed that something is different, and he praises God in awe of what he has seen. He falls at Jesus' feet and thanks him—a declaration that this Jesus is, in fact, God in fleshed. And when he does this, Jesus says in a tone that I always think is probably a bit uh, salty, a bit snarky. <laughs> Where are the other nine? Where are they? Weren't there ten of you? You, a Samaritan, an outsider—you're the only one to return. Get up and go, Jesus says. Your faith has made you well. Jesus being salty, again, gotta love it. Uh, and if you've if you've heard a sermon about this passage before, there's a good chance that uh, it was about gratitude or thanksgiving. The ways that this response acknowledges the one from whom all blessings flow, as we sang just a bit ago, that Ali led us in the doxology, and and that's true. It is about gratitude which is a faithful response to God's grace, God's grace, God's power, remember? And that grace is all over this passage. I want you to notice how the word see works here in this passage, the word see. The 10 come to Jesus and Luke says, when Jesus sees them, when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. Jesus sees them. And as they're walking away, one of them saw that he was healed. And what you need to know is that seeing here is about more than just an observation, more than just looking, more than physical sight. It's about recognition. It's about an awareness. It starts with Jesus seeing, recognizing these persons in need, seeing the ways that they were cut off from community, the ways that they had been cast out, their inability to be restored, to be made whole on their own, apart from God's power. Just as we talked about Hagar a few weeks ago, uh, these lepers encounter the God who sees them and whose response to them is is mercy, is loving kindness, is tenderness, belonging, healing. It's It's God's power that makes that healing happen. Are you with me? It's God's power that makes that healing happen. And they turn and they walk away and they've been healed, but only one of them sees and turns around. Only one of them sees that he's been healed and turns around. And by seeing, remember, we mean recognition. Only one of them recognizes God's power at work to bring healing in himself, to bring restoration to community, to bring wholeness. And so he stops, awakened, and he turns around. Maybe because he realizes that he couldn't have done it on his own. Maybe because he realizes that he didn't do anything to deserve it, that it was unmerited. Maybe it's because now this outsider, not only a leper, but also a Samaritan, would have belonging, a new future that he couldn't see coming. Maybe it's because he's in awe that it was offered to the rest of them, too, not just himself. Maybe he turns because he knows that when you're awakened to that love, when you see it, you can't unsee it. When you become aware of that power, that grace, you can't just keep on keeping on. It changes your direction. It can change everything, but you have to see it. You have to see it. In this story, God's grace is manifest as healing and restoration. But there are other stories of God's grace in Scripture, too. If you read the prodigal son, God's grace, God's power shows up as forgiveness. In the story of the woman caught in adultery, God's grace shows up as reproach even for those who stand ready to kill. For, for Peter after the resurrection, it's mercy and reconciliation. All this is to say that God's power shows up in all kinds of ways, and it is showing up in all kinds of ways. You can't make it happen. (laughs) It's It's not a product that you can open and use. It's already there. You can't earn it. You can only become aware of it. And it's God's grace that makes that possible too. And spoiler alert, spoiler alert, that's why we do this every Sunday. That's why you sit wherever you are, maybe you're standing, And I sit here and we sing and we share stories and we listen and we pray. We do it because God's grace is at work. And the more we do this together, the more our eyes are trained to see the presence and power of God, the grace of Jesus in our own lives and in the world, just like the one who turned around in the story, who stopped and turned around. But can we be real for a second? I don't know how you're feeling right now, but I know how I'm feeling. My soul is weary, I'm tired, I'm desperately in need of grace, of an awakening. I I long to know that I'm loved, that I'm not alone, that there's still some hope left. Anybody else? Maybe you're watching the numbers of cases rise in North Carolina and across the country, wherever you are, and you're feeling a little more hopeless by the day. A little more like we'll we'll never get this under control. Maybe you're anxious about what the fall looks like. If you're a teacher, God bless you. your stomach might be in knots about your health or your family's health or the ones entrusted to your care we are praying for you if you're a parent you're not only worried about your kids health you're concerned about the logistics of child care and if you're a student you wonder when you'll get to see your friends again and and hang out again and learn like you used to maybe you're like me and you're just missing your community maybe you're over online church anybody else <laughs> It was a year ago tomorrow, in fact, that, that we had our first in-person preview service at House of Hops before our official launch. Yeah, a year. Maybe you're craving connection. Maybe you feel alone. I was talking to somebody earlier this week who said to me, Brent, I just need a hug. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. Maybe you're sick and tired of everything being a partisan issue and you're, you're angered by injustice and corruption that, that seems to find its way in every crack and crevice of the world or maybe you're tired of waiting for black lives to matter. Maybe the weight of financial hardship or fractured relationships or worrying about your kid's future or your own seems too heavy to bear. Maybe, maybe you're carrying around something from your past or your present and when you think of it, all you see is shame. And if any of this is you, I hear you, I see you, I'm with you. You're not alone in that. But This is not how our story ends. You know this. We know this. This is why we do what we do. If the end is God's dream, this is not that, right? Theologian, Catholic priest, and author Richard Rohr, who I love, writes, To end in grace... To end in grace, you must somehow start with grace. And then it is grace all the way through. How you get there is where you arrive. To end in grace, you have to start with grace. And when you think about the story that we heard about the 10 lepers, remember how the story started. It started with grace, with Jesus seeing the 10 in need of healing. And Jesus sees you too. Jesus sees you too right where you are with your fears and your worries, and your heaviness, with all the weight that you're carrying, Jesus sees you and loves you so much. Jesus is offering that grace to you right now, that power for healing, for restoration, for belonging and love, for mercy and forgiveness, encouragement, wholeness, whatever it is you need. And he wants you to know that nothing, nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing. I know for me sometimes it's hard to receive grace. It's hardest to realize it and accept it for myself. Anybody else? It's hard to acknowledge that God's power is at work in me and has been at work in me, that I am forgiven and restored and beloved and set free and sent. But when Jesus says get up and go, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. The faith that Jesus is talking about here is the man's acceptance of his own status as beloved and his commitment by grace to live in a way expecting that God's grace and power is permeating within him and in every person and in every place. Are you with me? And when I start there, when I start there, I'm better able to see the moments in my life in which I cannot deny God's presence and power. It came this week for me in the form of an email with an encouraging sentence uh, from somebody I haven't talked to in a while, thanking me for ministry past and present. It came in the form of a bowl of jambalaya shared six feet apart from a friend as we caught up. It came in my own words, I screwed up. I didn't handle that well. And in another's response, thank you for saying that. I forgive you, Grace. It came in Sarah's kids minute a little while ago. (laughs) It came my third time watching Hamilton. And the first and the second too, let's be honest. When Angelica sings, there's a grace too powerful to name and Eliza takes Alex's hand and you can see on his face how it breaks him in all the best ways. You know that power. That's grace. So where have you seen God's grace, God's power at work in your life this week? Where have you seen God bringing restoration and reconciliation and healing by naming it, by sharing it, we become better able to see it and to receive it, to accept it, to accept that power, and then to step into that divine flow and carry it into the world. What a world that might be. All is grace. Amen.
0: Allie again, If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to somebody who could use some good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating and reviews on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. For more information about the local church, visit thelocalchurchpbo.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at localchurchpbo. Until next time, love where you are.